Penn State football had a very high expectation for the tight ends in 2021, and they didn't really live up to that promise. Not a lot happened. Although maybe we can make the argument that things weren't as bad as it seemed. And we're going to get into all of that and how all that translates to 2022 with a full complement of players returning at the tight end position in today's BWI Daily Edition, where you get our season preview of the tight ends. Buddy, it's here. We're recording this BWI Daily Edition on Monday, and I just have to get this out of the way, Nate. We just we just have to get this out of the way. Football! Woo! Training camp's here. Training camp starts for Penn State football today. I couldn't sleep last night. I was up till like 11.45, went to bed at 10, just so jacked up, ready to go for football season. How are you feeling today, Nate? Did you sleep last night? I did. I did sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, look, there's still uh, a solid month in between now and when they play a game, which mm-hmm. are really what, what the things that I look forward to the games. Um, for sure. So I'm, so I'm, I'm holding off on your excitement. You're, you're like, uh, you're like the guys that, uh, I should say kids that get jacked up like the day after Thanksgiving because it's like the countdown to Christmas is on. <laughs> it's yeah, December 1st. <laughs> Woo! Well, so um, training camp is a little bit overblown from our perspective of we get access, right? But we, we don't, we have to, again, we still have to take everybody's word for it of what's happening when we're not there. Sure. But at the same time, things are actually happening, Nate. Facts are being laid out. Information is being gathered and disseminated. We have actual stuff to talk about starting today. And of course, check out Blue White Illustrated on YouTube for our wrap up of what we see at practice. Your first look at some new players. I took a poll of the BWI message board today. I kind of did my whole war chant on the message board this morning at like 8 a.m. Asking what everyone's excited about. It was Mm O-line. Everything else. Mm O-line. Mm. everything else and you know like a diverse inclusion of all the things that we've talked about on the channel but o-line everything else so we'll be providing you those views on youtube coming up tonight make sure you subscribe here on uh the blue white illustrated youtube channel and if you're listening to the podcast over on any of the podcast platforms it's definitely worth it to subscribe to both because there's content that only appears on youtube that is video that you might be missing out on on your podcast side. Okay, so we need to get to the tight ends, Nate. We need to talk about this group that last season, Penn State said, head coach James Franklin, the most deep and talented position group at tight end that he's ever coached, doubled down on that this year. Both he and Mike Yersich did not lower expectations for the abilities of this group. So Mm -hmm. what do you read when we talk about the tight ends? (sighs) Yeah, untapped potential is, to me, what seems to be... Because he can't... If he wants to crown them as the best tight end group in the country, that feels premature to me. Uh, I I don't think that we've seen that come to fruition. Now, in games where they have done well, right? That has been... That has unlocked uh, quite a bit for Penn State's offense. 
uh, each of the last two years. But to say that they've been consistent enough to earn that designation, I, I don't think is fair at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're talking about those three guys right there, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, and Tyler Warren, you're talking about a bunch of career reps at this point. You're talking about a bunch of time in the program. Um, you know, that, that, that counts. That's, that's something to build on. And I think that they're, the reasoning behind the program's optimism for that group is, is well-founded. It's yeah. just a matter of being able to convert it and parlay it into actual success this year. Yeah, uh, and and the group of players is talented, so the talent didn't go anywhere. Theo Johnson is still six foot six, and he can still run a four five forty yard dash, according to you know reports from Penn State and some of the testing numbers. You still have Tyler Warren, who set the uh, tight end record for uh, some of the weight metrics in the weight room this off season, and of course, Bretton Strange, a really good run blocker and a guy who's a blend of each player there. You know, as far as a big physical tight end that can block he can catch he can run all of those things are still there but it is about the production and here's one of the biggest problems with this group is the production has not been there these are according to pff yards after the catch in the big 10 they were 10th broken tackles they broke eight as a group that's eighth in the big 10 contested catches tied for 12th they only had three of them total receiving snaps so all of that production i just gave you being low in the conference they had more snaps on the field because there's three of them and they play a lot as opposed to any other tight end group so they were on the field they were not producing the way i think you would want them to when it comes to some of the traditional metrics you'd look at when it comes to big guys you can't tackle there was not a lot of that last season so how do you uncover that for this particular group and just to build on that addendum, if if those are going to be your p- pass catching stats, you sure as heck better be offering something in terms of pass protection or yeah. run blocking, right? Like, I mean, you you better be able to bring something to the table on that end. And I'm not sure that that happened. Um, but no, I th- look, we've talked about this before. Uh, a, a big part of this, a big part of Penn State's Passing offense is very simply Sean Clifford, right? Right. Like what his preferences are, where he wants to throw the ball, who he has those connections with. I I mean, there, there's very little question. You've done all the research, so I'm not going to steal your point. You should actually make the point here, but he just doesn't throw the ball into the traffic that tight ends typically are engaged in. Yeah. And so with that in mind, if you're, if you've got a risk averse quarterback and uh, again, I mean, we just, there's all these caveats, caveat on caveat on caveat. Yeah. The reason he was risk averse was because the offense stunk last year and they couldn't turn the ball over. If they did turn the ball over, they were doubly uh, in deep doo-doo excrement <laughs> excrement. Yes. Uh, and, and so with all of those factors at play, if, if any or all of them are reversed this year, if the offensive line offers better protection to Sean Clifford, if he feels more comfortable, if he understands the offense better, if he feels uh, a little more daring, though I don't think it is daring, right? Like it's not daring to explore that part of the field. If as a passer, if you know where you're going with the ball and the guy who you're throwing it to also knows where to be. Right. So there's a certain, there's a certain element of trust here when it comes to the tight ends 
and and some of those metrics I put up there, those sort of erode trust. And let me give you an example. So another uh, an additional factor there is that this group was not good against man coverage. And that comes from the data. It also comes from the film evaluation. If there wasn't a lot of separation for as big and as fast as they are, you know, Theo Johnson struggled to get separation as a route runner. Brenton Strange uh, struggled to, I think, run really precise routes and use that explosiveness in his former wide receiver skills to create easy windows the way Jahan Dotson was doing and the way that Parker Washington could do. So that level of, if you're not going to be open when I throw you the ball, you better catch the ball. And they only caught the ball in contested catch situations. What was it? I, at three times last year, they didn't yep. get a lot of opportunities and they didn't convert on those opportunities. So that level of trust, when you have a quarterback that doesn't want to throw over the middle of the field anyway, uh, and then you have a receiver like Dotson who's soaking up all of those targets. And, and truthfully, another part of this is Parker Washington. So Parker Washington, as we said, for, uh, on on a receiver breakdown he operated from the slot and got 91 percent of uh, his snaps from the slot a lot of those things were over the middle a lot of those were short zone uh, breaker sort of routes where he's catching the ball falling forward for a first down that's a tight end job that is yep. traditionally what the tight that's what that's what um uh, pat fryermuth did for this offense in 2019 and 2020 and now it's a 510 receiver so is there a better blend of those responsibilities this year? Does the quarterback trust uh, those players more? And does he trust himself more? So it is as much as it is they did not produce, they were not given a lot of quality opportunities to produce last season. And, and that is all baked in here to the production. But when it comes to the tight end room, I want to ask you one thing, bringing up uh, Fryermuth and, of course, Mike Kosicki. Yep. One guy at the running back, at the receiver, at the tight end position makes people feel a certain way because the, the yardage numbers get big and the touchdown numbers and, and the award season. But if all three of these guys are going to contribute, can yep. there be that? And can you have that feeling of, of this group is great, even if there isn't one guy you can look at the stat sheet and kind of puff your chest out? I, I think that certainly there's room for to to consider the production of the group a success without it being one singular guy though i would go back to the point made about the running backs in that no one would object to one of these three players being a superstar that you can't keep off the field right like right. for as much talent as uh, might exist in the collective of three. Uh, if there's one guy in this bunch who just demonstrates and has proven to the coaching staff that he can be that player, right? That player in a multitude of ways, blocking, uh, catching the ball, yeah. like out of the backfield, you name it. If, yeah. if they can bring all of those elements in one player, then I, I think that would be invited by, by Penn State, right? Like, I mean, nobody's nobody's going to have any issue at all if Theo Johnson, right? I'm just picking one of the names, but Theo Johnson ends up being a, a, a Hendricks Award winner. Like that, that right. would not make anybody ups, upset other than the other two guys in Brenton Strange and Tyler Warren because it might mean that some of their opportunities are diminished a little bit. But yeah. I, so I just think that's where they're going. Let's let's call that then and say this is the X factor of this group is that there's a group of three talented players 
Um, is somebody going to do that? And who yeah. is that? Do you, who who is the guy that you think here outside of the offense, outside of the system, outside of the quarterback, the running back? Forget all that stuff. Individual performance and execution, and then the ability to you know produce those yards when you get the opportunities. Is there one guy who is it? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's going to be one guy. I don't either. Uh, but here's 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 how I'd break it down. I'm not expecting a huge jump forward from Theo Johnson as a run blocker because he was genuinely bad at it last year. It's that was a he would have to make a full 180 on his blocking ability. But he is potentially the best receiver of the group. And we've seen Penn State have great receiving tight ends that are atrocious blockers that people still like and they still win, right? Yeah. Um, the wild card here in my true X factor is Tyler Warren because I think he can be a guy that does both. I love and throw this up here again, uh, just because it, it's a part of this, this highlight reel, his ability to go up and get the ball over top of players. That to me is a difference maker that I have seen from him consistently, either in practice or in the few opportunities he's gotten in a game that I haven't seen from the other guys consistently. I think there's a physicality about him as a run blocker that can take him and get him snaps on the field. But the question becomes, which one of those guys is he taking over for? Because Brenton Strange is the veteran here. So he's going to be the presumed starter out of three guys that they kind of, I think, see as the starters. So here is the guy that I, I want to see. This is If he's the X factor and he becomes the all-around guy, I think that is the maybe the, the highest opportunity for Penn State. And then somebody else is going to have to lose snaps to him. I, look, I think that Brenton Strange brings a maturity and the experience mm -hmm. of like consistently good run sure. blocker, yep. uh, a lot of upside opportunity as a receiver. Yep. And so I don't I don't envision, you know, is is his ceiling the same as Tyler Warren's? Maybe not. Right. I, I'm not right. exactly sure on that. I think that that's still to be determined. But if if he kind of steps into the opportunity that's in front of him, having that full year, right? Because he yeah. talked about it this summer. He talked about, you know, he kind of was not anticipating the role that he ended up having in 2020 when right. Pat Fryermuth got hurt. It was Fryermuth's year. It was, go right? I mean, yep. COVID and all that stuff was wacky, obviously, but... Brenton Strange still very much candidly expected Pat Fryermuth to be the guy at tight end. Yeah. And so yep. you're kind of thrown into that role. Uh, and then last year he gets a full year. So that full year is under his belt. He had some ups, he had some downs, but that's there. And so is that for those other two guys, those, those yeah. other two guys got that experience last year. And so I think as a group, th there is a collective confidence that th they're just, they're more comfortable they're more yeah. comfortable in what their roles are, what they're supposed to be doing, and what their potential is for the, the season that's upcoming. Yeah. When I talked to Tyler Warren after the blue-white game, what he said is, I watched I watched Brenton Strange run block to learn how to run block. Yep. And last year, despite a rough start to the season, Brenton Strange was a good run blocker. So that provides, as you, you, you talked about, a steady veteran presence. That's what you get from a guy who's tough, smart, physical, um, has all the ingredients you want for a good run blocker that is also flexible to line up in multiple positions. I don't know that both got all three guys can do what he does, 
So there's a role for him. And this is where it's so difficult because I yeah. like Brenton Strange. I've liked his uh, his potential since watching his high school film. It's just that when the when he gets out into the pass pattern, I haven't seen the development I want in that area. So he's got to prove that this year because there are guys behind him that can do it. Right. And they, they need to take steps as well. But there's there's people on his heels this year creating that competition, which ultimately I think is a good thing for Penn State as far as raising the level of the room as everyone's another year into the system and another year older in uh, football in, in football. So look at look at the other guys. This is clearly a three player position when there's only two spots traditionally for tight ends. So the two players here we're talking about Khalil Dinkins, true freshman Jerry Cross players of the future potentially at this position uh, yep. quickly here as we get to the end what is your read on these two and what they either bring to the table this year in some form or fashion or in the future I, I mean I think certainly for Jerry Cross it's like forget about it it's yeah. it's just so early in the process for him um, but I, I generally speaking positive you know feedback coming out of the spring uh, about what he was doing and what his potential might be. But Khalil Dinkins actually, I think, legitimately has a chance to to eke his way in and find some type of role. I mean, certainly I think uh, special teams is something that, you know, you'll probably see him in. But yeah, I mean, he's gotten bigger. We, we talked about his weight gain earlier this summer. Um, you know, if he can if he can fill into that, and obviously he talked about how blocking was something that, was totally new to him. He was a, yep. he was a receiver in high school. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of the same old story. We repeat ourselves a little bit, but some of these guys just aren't, they're not, they're not ready and they're not supposed to be ready right. going from high school to this level. You, you want them to be able to be refined and consistent at their yeah. position. And it's hard to be refined or consistent when you've, quite literally never played the position before. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's unlike what Illinois might tell you or, or Michigan might tell you. It's very hard to get five tight ends on the field. Three is enough. Three is the, is the magic maximum number for this group. Final thoughts as we wrap up here with the tight end group in our uh, training camp, two a days. Yeah. I just, I, I think that a, a, a big part of this, when you talk about the best tight end room in the country, um, is is not necessarily that any of those three are the best singular in the country. But yeah. in in because this was a big part of Big Ten Media Days, James Franklin talked about it. You, you just you have to have depth in yeah. this game. And at the positions that Penn State experienced injuries last season, they didn't have that depth. But the reality here is particularly with the tight ends. If one of those guys goes down, knock on wood, obviously you don't hope that for anybody, but if they do, they, you still feel great. You still feel really good. I mean, you know so, what I mean? Like to, to have yeah. that is a, a great luxury, but also something that it's imperative on everyone. Sean Clifford, Mike Yersich, the offensive line, all of those different pieces, Nick Singleton, the running backs, what it, all of it plays into it. But if it is imperative to take the strides offensively that need to be made and to have those tight ends be a part of that conversation with concurrent strides taken. So is this with the same players back another year stock up or stock down for this particular group? 
I, I mean, I don't think that there's any question it's stock up. Yeah, I would it, agree with that. <laughs> I think we've laid it up pretty clearly that it and also like it has to be stock up or there's a problem. Yep. That I think is, is a fair criticism of, you know, all all the things can be examined. All the issues, all the reasons for a lack of production can be examined, uh, including and this is going to be on me showing when people are wide the hell open and maybe they aren't getting the football. Those things will, yep. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at all that stuff in the season. We'll make sure we get you all that information and that you are the smartest football fan at the tailgate. That'll do it today for the BWI daily edition, our season preview of the tight ends. Uh, we are going to be doing these a little bit quicker. Now that we're in training camp, we're doing two a days. So we're going to be going rapid fire through the defense. Now that we've completed the offense, we'll have the defensive line coming up as a group because they work together linebackers corners. And then we're going to take safeties and do them differently because of the changes in the Penn State defense, explaining some of the stuff there and how the nuances change from Brent Pride and Manny Diaz. All that coming up this week on the BWI Daily Edition. Football is back. Football! Talk to you tomorrow.